1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on quite the night in the Europa League. Rangers lose in Prague, but the treatment of Glenn Kamara has overshadowed events on the park. Celtic's losing run continues with a heavy home defeat to Bayer Leverkusen, and Scottish football braces itself for the possible arrival of VAR. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is St Mirren goalkeeper Jack Annick and a man that needs no introduction, Hugh Keevans. In England this week, a man who racially abused a player was sent to prison. That's a road we might need to think about going down In the wake of Glenn Kamara's trouble in Prague last night Even more depressing when children are getting involved in this horrible abuse On the park One team can't score in Europe, that's Rangers With no goals from two Europa League matches And another team who can't defend in Europe That's Celtic who've lost eight goals in two Europa League matches No wonder Steven Gerrard is getting increasingly tetchy And Ange Postacoglu is coming under increasing pressure St Mirren goalkeeper Jack Anik We're delighted to have you along We missold you a quiet two hours Talking only about St Mirren between now and eight o'clock You can leave, do you want to stay? No, I'm I'm alright, it's a pleasure to be here And I'm looking forward to it Good, we'll see if you're still saying that half past six (laughs) Welcome to our mad world, one. 4195-1025. That's the number you need. Pick up the phone and uh, put your point to Hugh Keevens or Jack Anik. Might be nice to hear from some of you St. Mirren fans a bit later on and uh, tap into Jack's expertise of what's going on this season and beyond. 0141-951-1025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. It's one of those nights, Hugh Keevens, where there there is no shortage of, of football talking points from last night. Disappointing results again uh, for both sides. The narrative around Rangers will be about not hitting the heights of last season. The narrative around Celtic is clearly about the rebuild and is it coming along as quickly as people would have hoped. Um, But unfortunately, another one of those nights where what happens in the stands and some of the other stuff takes over. Well, it's a disgusting, despicable practice to racially abuse football players. It doesn't matter where it is, the Czech Republic, England, Scotland. And we've had our problems here sporadically. Uh, We had... uh, Albion Rovers getting involved uh, with uh, one of their players being racially abused. It happened at an Air United Morton game. We are not, sadly, uh, above that kind of thing. But what happened to Glenn Kamara, following on from what happened to him last season, is disgusting. Uh, It's now going to become a political matter. Uh, The Czech government will be getting involved in speaking to the the, the British government at the start of next week. Um, UEFA, of course, have to get involved. Last season, they banned a player uh, for 10 games for racially abusing Glenn Kamara. Uh, They will have to get involved again because it's now gone beyond the pale. Uh, On the pitch, Jack, I know you were watching both games last night, clearly... Well, disappointing results. I don't think there's any other way of putting it. Yeah, I think both teams obviously will be very disappointed. I obviously watched both of the games and I thought Rangers were, were right in the game but just didn't end up having that clinical edge to to sort of get a point because when you go anywhere in Europe, especially away from home, I think Rangers would have been happy with the point last night and I think the red card kind of changes the game a little bit and it, it was one of them where... I think it was it was very harsh red card. The two yellows kind of incredible. for me were, were, were incredible. Mm-hmm. But as we're seeing, Europe it kind of can 
can be a little bit like that but um, but no I think both teams will be d- disappointed Celtic I thought they they created a lot of chances and I think their goalkeeper got man of the match I thought he made some unbelievable mm. saves but again some sloppy goals that are that are costing them at times um, so yeah it's, it, 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 was, it was a good watch last night and I think both teams will be very disappointed so that's Jack Annex and Mirren goalkeeper there alongside Hugh Keevens and they're both waiting on you 01419511025 so pick up the phone and let us know what is on your mind you can tweet us as well as always at Clyde SSB but we'd love to speak to you on the phones um, Hugh I think we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do it all we'll do football we'll do the racism stuff we'll look ahead to the weekend we'll speak to Jack about St Mirren so there is a lot to get through um the headlines today have been dominated um, by that situation. To try and give you a brief overview, Rangers have written to UEFA to complain about the treatment of Glenn Kamara during the game. He was booed repeatedly. It's his first visit to Prague since Andre Kudela was banned for 10 games for racially abusing him when Rangers played Slavia Prague last season. Oh. A different team in case anyone's forgotten. The other thing here, Sparta were meant to be serving a stadium ban on Thursday because their fans had racially abused a Monaco player. Uh, but UEFA relented and allowed a crowd of school children and their chaperones in. He got booed all the time. Uh-huh. Um, other black players in the Rangers team got booed. And since then, Sparta have almost doubled down in a sense. They've issued a statement saying, stop attacking our children. Oh. Our club will proudly defend our children. Um it's quite an incredible turn of events. Um, they, they clearly, in the Czech Republic, have a problem uh, of this nature with racism. Uh, Cadella got banned for 10 games uh, after UEFA had conducted their own investigation. So they clearly had uh, sufficient belief in the existence of the problem to issue that 10-match ban. Uh, Sparta, their ground, as you say, was closed because of an incident involving uh, a Monaco player. Uh, why they have this bizarre UEFA rule that permits 14 and under uh, to go to the game surprises me. Um, as a father and as a grandfather, I'd be appalled, absolutely appalled if any of my grandchildren uh, could find themselves involved in something such as this. So sadly, once again, it will now become a matter for the Czech Republic government, uh, UEFA and Rangers and Glenn Kamara and his lawyer and it will all get terribly messy but we have to look at the problem and how we address it as I say in England they took historical action uh, this week by jailing a fan for eight weeks for uh, racially abusing a player who was then at West Bromwich Albion it's got to stop we had all the trouble after the, the Euro final uh, between Italy and England where England fans were abusing their own players because they were black. We have to find... that We may never live in a perfect world, but we have to find something which acts as a deterrent to would-be mm. racists. I mean, Jack, I'm always pretty clear about this. For anyone who switches on and says... What's this? Three white men talking about racism and how hard it is, and you know that that's not lost on me that we don't truly understand what what it feels like to be on the receiving end or to be discriminated. But you will either know Glenn Kamara or you'll know of him. You'll have friends in common, ex teammates in common, and just on a purely human and footballer level, it must be pretty hard to, to see that a fellow professional. Oh, it's really hard to watch. It's um, I know Glenn personally through being at Rangers and honestly one of the nicest guys in football and 
everyone that's played with him will tell you the same thing and it's not just him it's it's all the players that's getting their abuse it's it's not right on any level and you can't condone it you you, you can even see the the gesture after it did happen with Scott Brown where he came up and showed that he was behind and that that's too greatest of enemies on the pitch and shows that they can come together for stuff like this and I just think it's it's still disgusting that it's it's a world that we've got to go through and that you can't talk about a football match after after a, a European yeah. night and you've got to, you've got to be talking about this this disgraceful thing that's that's happening on too much now. Yeah, hopefully we'll do a bit of both. That was Jack Annick, St Mirren goalkeeper, ex Rangers goalkeeper, of course, uh, alongside Hugh Keevans. Let's bring in Craig in Moody'sburn and see what's on his mind tonight. Hi, Craig. Hi Gordon, hi guys um, Yeah, I mean I obviously don't want to kind of go on about Kamara agreed with everything the, the three were saying it was disgusting it was it was quite uncomfortable to watch you know, every time he got the ball but um, I heard Gerard talking in the, the press conference today saying Rangers are actually you know, talking to you about it so we'll hold our breath on that one but anyway, um, main point is I agreed with, I think it was Jack was saying Rangers were right in the game last night without really you know, creating anything I know until the end. Um, I was saying to the producer there, I don't think I've ever seen a, a centre-forward caught offside as much as Fashion Sakala, um, which is very, very frustrating um, because he's, he's got the pace, he's, he likes to get in behind, but it's just very frustrating because there's times we could have scored in that second half if he just held his run a little bit. And it's... Um, for once, I actually did watch a Celtic game and it's kind of like... I feel that Celtic are missing our game management. I feel like, I know we were cut open at the, the start of the second half and, yeah, I was going to say, can't remember if it was Sparta or Slavia. Prague, just call him Prague. Um, could have scored two or three, but, you know, Rangers in Europe know how to grind out, you know, they kind of 1-0, one, one each or whatever, and Celtic are just so open. And I think that's what's missing from Rangers this season is that high press, creating chances for what we were doing last season. Um, I don't really like talking about rumours because I, I don't think it's it does anybody any favours. But I was saying again to the producer there um, on deadline day, I was actually told, and you can you know take maybe Hugh or maybe you guys in the journalist world would know something of it. Um, but the reason that Gerard let Cedric Kitten go was that there was a bit or there was talks about Kevin Nisbet on deadline day, um, which didn't materialise. And I think he's, I know he's not had the greatest of seasons we have, but I think he's somebody who we could do with this season. Um, somebody knows where the back of the net is, knows the domestic game. But as I said to you, I think it was on Monday, is something not quite right, it's not clicking with Rangers. And, you know, the back fours are a, a debate we could, you know, agree on. It was a makeshift centre-half pairing, etc. But... I thought Rangers did reasonably well without actually creating anything I know. I know that doesn't make any sense at all, but, you know, um, I thought they played not too bad. I thought the tempo was quite good. Um, second half after the initial, you know, scare, um, I've been cut open two or three times, not in 10, 15 minutes. I thought they controlled the game. Um, but it's just missing that, that whatever it is in the final third's not there. Uh, I'm not saying Nisbet would have been the answer, but mm. it's not there for whatever yeah, reason. Well, to be honest, I think, Jack, that kind of matches your assessment of the game last night. Stephen Gerrard earlier this week was a little bit um, annoyed at the, the constant comparisons to last season, but that's inevitable. You raise the bar, you set your own expectations, people are are bound to do it. And it, it just seems like that, that kind of killer instinct, maybe not quite there like it was previously. Yeah, I think it's always difficult going away in Europe because... 
Steven Gerrard could set the team up to all out attack and you're 3-0 down within 20 minutes and all of a sudden people are saying why didn't we keep it more of a close game and try and so I think the, the game plan was actually more or less spot on without the goal um, especially away in Europe you'll see Liverpool going away and and sometimes having to sit behind the ball and kind of do that and and if Rangers had scored last night and won 1-0 everyone would have been saying what an, a perfect away performance so and I think obviously the the style of football that Steven Gerrard brought in with the high press and stuff like that, um, I think it caught a lot of teams by shock and the rotation and stuff like that, and it was it was kind of kind of hard to deal with. Um, but now, obviously, he's been up here for a little while. There's, there is teams that are probably looking and thinking this is how you can kind of stop them and it, it is very similar to Liverpool you look at when Klopp first came in no one could get near, near them and then the second season and then now it's it's kind of like have they lost their touch it's not it's sometimes just teams are starting to figure out how to how to stop them a little bit more what about um, Craig's other point Hugh in fact I'll just play the clip that gives you gives it a bit more context Stephen Gerrard says Rangers need to be spending more money if they want to make the next step uh-huh. in the Europa League he says the lack of spending in the last two windows should be taken into account when judging the performances we as a staff and me as a manager are trying to find the perfect uh, solution we're trying to find this settled team that will um, play with this spark and this little bit of life that we have been missing if you like um, but what I would say is we're not concerned or worried here. We, we know where we are. Um, we've been short in the two Europa League games. Um, but at this level, which is improving year on, year out, if we want to keep growing and going to, to the extra level, we we need in, in transfer windows to spend big money. It, it's simple as that. To compete with the teams that we're playing against, we have to spend big money. In the last two windows, we haven't spent a penny. So there has to be some realism there as well to compete with these teams and to beat these teams on their own patch when transfer windows are open we have to spend money to compete at this level not just win just to compete if I was a Rangers fan I would be concerned by that line of conversation from Steven Gerrard because he's saying that it's not good enough not to spend money uh, during the transfer window how can he increase the stature of the team Uh, is he not just trying to temper expectations though as well by saying look how can we be expected or is it is, well, is it the old message managers managers have a way gone yeah. of uh, sending out the message to those who employ them uh, and this has clearly been on his mind uh, you know Craig on the line spoke about game management uh, there hasn't been much of that this season with regard to Europe you know Malmo was a massive disappointment uh, home and away Leon at uh, Ibrox another disappointment mm. and last night in Prague no goals again uh, and I think that Steven Gerrard is just sending out that message to Douglas Park the chairman uh, and to all concerned at Ibrox that he can't improve the side Significantly, particularly in terms of European football, unless money is spent, I would be concerned. And I must admit, I almost spat my water out there when I heard Stephen Gerrard say that there was a spark and a bit of life yeah. missing just days after our poor Andrew McLean got his head bitten off for suggesting such a thing at the press conference. That's for another night, I'm sure. Um, thank you to Craig. Let's bring in Martin um, in Stewarton and see what's on his mind tonight. Hi, Martin. Hi, hi, uh, panel. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Pleasure. First of all. Uh, no, I was, I was saying to Ross, the you know the the editor there, I was saying about uh, how the reaction to Glenn Kamara last night has shocked me. 
to the core that we've got youngsters, albeit youngsters with uh, parents or, you know, or adults in the, in the stadium, but it wasn't just a few people last night you could hear. You know, that had to be that had to be quite a few hundred, even thousands that people were actually doing Glenn Kamara for something he's not he's not done any wrong. We all know this that, that uh, racism is a is a plague that I feel personally, unfortunately, will never go away. Uh, I, I'd like it to go away, but I'm, I'm a realist, and there's you know that's youngsters now doing it at the stadiums. How are they getting taught at home? Yeah, I mean, Hugh, that was the bit that added to the. The sadness and the depressing nature of what went on last night was the fact that that it was children, and you've seen. I mean, some of the stuff coming out of the Czech Republic's incredible, and lots of people say, "Well, you know, shrug the shoulders." But footballers get booed. How do you know why? How do you know it was it was racist? Why on earth were they booing Glenn Kamara? Think about it. It's, it's not. It's not exactly difficult to, to figure out. They have. The, the entire reaction to this, and by the way, an important distinction to make. You have to. We have to practice what we preach. We can't say everyone in the Czech Republic is racist. That uh-huh. in itself is, is clearly a problem. Um, but but for those who are engaging, and the reaction to the the one last season, it was a sad reaction at the time. And what it's done is it's undermined the victim. It's undermined Glenn Kamara. Uh-huh. It's tried to make out that he is actually the one who's committed the crime and that they are somehow being victimised and yeah. that Andre Kudela was a victim. And now it's the children of the Czech Republic who, who are the victims. And that... That's it's quite a dangerous road to go down. When Glenn Kamara's lawyer suggested that before Rangers boarded the plane to go to the Czech Republic, that there might be bother there of that nature, uh, he was uh, accused by people in the Czech Republic of stirring up emotions. Uh, I think that's unfair. Uh, I think what took place is indicative of a, a problem, a problem which clearly exists there. Um, as I say, racism is a scourge. That affects everyone. We've had two or three cases here this season of uh, black players within the SPFL who have uh, sadly come forward with cases of racial abuse. It's all going to get back to UEFA. UEFA have investigated uh, Sparta Prague before. That's why the stadium was closed off to adults yesterday because of uh, racial abuse during a match with Monaco. So again, it falls to UEFA to get to the bottom of this matter they are European football's governing body they need to govern carry out their own investigation with the assistance of Rangers and Sparta Prague uh, and in the meantime Glenn Kamara once again has to get over this emotional setback because as you rightly said earlier on Gordon we don't walk in Glenn Kamara's shoes no so we cannot properly assess how he feels uh, but he knows, and uh, we wish him well for the this weekend. Such a it seems like such a flimsy defence, Jack. Because um, yes, we know that Glenn Kamara was then accused of sort of um, assaulting Andre Cadella thereafter. But but to kind of hide behind that, you you've mentioned it before. He's a very quiet, um, unassuming guy. He's hardly going around the pitch and, and antagonising people. So if you boo Glenn Kamara last night, it's it's pretty clear what's behind it whether it's direct or indirect it's quite clear yeah it's it, it is quite obvious and I think a stadium ban why is it not a stadium ban do you know what I mean if if they have been found guilty of these things then why not just not let anybody in and I think last night could have been it could have been a moving movement if 
they had applauded Glen, Glen Kamara when he went there and it could have been a kind of we stand with you and it could have you, you could have been talking about it the other way how good was it but it, again you, you go back to that and obviously the allegations of what happened in the tunnel afterwards I mean I've, I've, I've never been racially abused and Obviously, it's it's affected him that much that if that has happened, mm. then it just shows how strongly it's it's hurting him. And and knowing him as a lad, he's he is he's so quiet and he's it, it is it's it's difficult to, um, it's difficult to see. But yeah. we we should be talking about a good light about it. And again, it's it's a problem. As Jack said there, Martin. That's actually what's incredible about it. The, the the reaction over there. You've now almost got. Sparta and Slavia putting their rivalry to one side to, to stand up against Glen Kamara and Rangers and Scottish commentators and, and fans who are trying to call this stuff out. Yeah, they're, they're, they're portraying themselves as being the victims here in this scenario. And it's, it's to me, as I said before, it shocked me to the core when I listened to the game last night. I was absolutely gutted for the, for the lad. Uh, Glen Kamara is. is yeah, I can't say, you know, he's, he's obviously a quiet fella, doesn't he? He doesn't go around the park and, and putting people up there and, and kicking people and causing, you know, bad tackles, you know. He, he gets sent off for something which was very innocuous. You know, first yellow card, yes, second yellow card, no. Uh, guy went down like a ton of bricks. You know, that one he felt his, you know, his mood as well, Glenn Camara, you know, getting booed and then getting sent off for no reason. Second yellow card, I'll put that to the debate to the panel, of course, but... Yeah, it's a, it's a shocking state of affairs that we're they're playing the card as the victims here when quite clearly Glenn Kamara's the victim, not Rangers, not Scotland, not Scottish football. Mm. Glenn Kamara's the victim. Yeah, I'm glad you finished on that, Martin. That's the one thing we shouldn't lose sight of. Oh one four one nine five one one oh two five. We'll take more of your calls next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call O one four one nine five one one oh two five. Clyde One Super Scoreboard You've got Hugh Evans and St Mirren goalkeeper Jack Annick to put your point to tonight 0141951 Two five. Uh, the good thing is for any of you St Mirren fans worried Jack just lives down the road and you don't have far to travel tomorrow so we're not distracting him for too long but you'll be looking forward to that chance to build on a good result last week when you go to Livy tomorrow Yeah I think it's it's obviously a difficult place to go but we, we've been on a, a decent sort of run we, we had two nil-nil draws and then well, performance against Hibs was the best I've probably seen us since I've been at the club Um and disappointed to come away from Hibs 2-2 and then off off the back of a good win so I think there's a bit of an excitement going into the game to try and keep the run going Absolutely, 01419511025 St Mirren fans if you want to speak to Jack Anik let's bring in Stuart who is a Celtic fan what's on your mind tonight Stuart? Good evening Stuart, good evening Jack Hello, how are you doing? Uh, I was at a game last night Stuart and I was on the phone uh, to you guys a couple of weeks ago and I said I was concerned for Celtic I was at a game last night and I'm even more concerned tonight um, you know, we knew it was going to be difficult this season. It was going to be a rebuilding process. But see, if you've got players on that part that are just not good enough, you could, you could, you know, you could rebuild and rebuild. They're not good enough for you, and that's the bottom line. Um, you know, and, and and I'm not getting angry, but he made a statement after the Dundee United game, and what he said was, he's not concerned. There's nothing to worry about. I mean, come on, here, you know, I think he's watched the same game as me here. You know, Celtic are sitting six in the league. The worst starts in about 1998 or something. You know, and I, I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. But they get the defence sorted out. And there's guys in the team that say, no good enough shoot. The negative stats are beginning to engulf Ange Postacoglu. You know, the, the three 
League games uh, away from home All lost uh, Now come Aberdeen Who haven't won in the last eight uh, But uh, We'll know that they're getting Celtic At a vulnerable time uh, The European stats don't add up Eight goals lost in two games Celtic uh, they, They're always involved in fascinating football matches That they don't win You know To go two up uh, Real Betis And then lose four goals In uh, a matter of 20 minutes um, 4-0 defeat last night uh, from Sparta Prague and, uh, from uh, Bayer Leverkusen and you know I am certain that Celtic did put up a good show for parts of that game and I'm sure Jack enjoyed the display given by the Leverkusen goalkeeper however it comes back to the same thing the, the defensive lapses are hard to understand I go back to the Alkmaar game Joe Hart inexplicably losing a goal in the way he did Carol Starfelt inexplicably scoring an own goal in the way he did. Last night, David Turnbull, what was going through his mind when he fell over and a goal resulted from his mistake? Um, so, Ange Postacoglu, there's a great debate about does he need to tweak his philosophy? Not abandon his philosophy, mm. but tweak it. And I'm very much afraid that yes, he does because he's playing a style of football that he does not have the type of player to perform and you know you can't be stubborn if you are consistently not winning European ties or away matches in the league something's wrong you have to address it I don't know the exact minute Jack but certainly for about the first 25 minutes you, you you can clearly see what Celtic are trying to do and it it it, was, it came close to working they probably should have scored if you look at Furuhashi's chance amongst others but ultimately, and I can hear people shouting at the radio, what does that matter? They lost the game 4-0, so you, you have to acknowledge that as well. Uh, aye, th- th- there's a difficult balance because there's all well and good playing all this good football and high pressing and quick restarts, and I, I did think they were right in the game, and I think 4-0 really, really flattered by Leverkusen, but you have got to get that fine balance between wanting this exciting football and actually winning football games. Um, and as comes with the Celtic job you have to win football games and it's the same with Rangers and obviously he's wanting to get his philosophy across and I do like what he's trying to do he's trying to bring a style of football and I think you look at the top top managers and that's what they do they bring a style of play but sometimes if it's if the results aren't coming then do you need to tweak it or do you need to completely go away from it so it's it is a difficult task for him you won't thank me for reminding you but you've been on the receiving end this season um, and and did it feel different? You've played against Celtic numerous times before. D- does it feel different? Can you can you see the style? Is it difficult to deal with? And and then what is it about it that, that the the better teams in Europe and so on are, are able to exploit? Seemingly, I think we obviously found it difficult. Obviously, I can see a couple of bad goals. And I wasn't red... even I wasn't even going to bring that up. And you fronted <laughs> up. That's fine. I could see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously the red card, but I, they were relentless that day, and you could see that sort of hunger of. When it was six, they wanted to win fifteen, and it was it, it was non-stop. Ball was going out of play. They were six 0 up, and Joe Hart was sprinting to take a goal kick, and I was thinking six 0 Like give us a break, mate. Yeah, and it, it was. And I actually thought at that point this league's going to be close this season, um, and I didn't see it coming of the bad run of results. And um, yeah, it's, it's hard because there's so many good things that you can say about it, and then all of a sudden the kind of they're really struggling at times, and it's hard to explain. But yeah, it must be frustrating for the Celtic fans to see. But 
I do see mm. the style of play trying to come through, but mm. I mean, Stuart, I know this seems like a daft question. Just tell me it's daft. I don't mind it. Um, but when, when you've lost the game four 0 but I'm thinking about you know the way you start the, the the game, the way you start the second half. Is there is there not is there anything there that that makes you willing to to say right, okay, I can kind of see where this is going, and, and maybe in time we'll get there. Uh, if you saw your back four, you'll get there. I mean, for the middle of the front last night, I thought Celtic were outstanding at times, to be fair. And we've done the same again with Batiste, and we still lost four goals. So what does that tell you? That tells me we need to get defenders in there quickly. You know? Because I'll tell you, Aberdeen are very capable of beating Celtic Sunday at Pataudry. Look, I mean, they've no one in eight, but they're capable of beating us. And they're going to have a go at Celtic because they know that how bad we are at the, at the back. And they're going to have a go at Celtic. Well, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Thank you to Stuart 01419511025. Uh, Celtic manager Ange Postacoglu, let's hear from him, says he won't change his playing philosophy despite another defeat. It was the 4 0, as you all know, the heaviest loss since he took over. He says there will be bumps, but his players can't just accept defeats. If we lost 2 you 0 know, tonight or 2 1 tonight, and, and we, you know, when you lose 4 0, it's not enough. It's disappointing, and, and it shouldn't be. You know, that scoreline shouldn't have reflected that game so I, I don't want to let the guys off the hook or myself off the hook because of look we're not going to change our approach I really believe that moving forward you know um, we play in these big games I want us to be a team that doesn't fear anyone that, that goes at it and and takes the game to opponents who um, are quality sides that's the kind of team we're going to be um, and that's what I'm trying to build the process, yes, it, it takes time and, and you're going to cop some knocks on the chin like we did tonight, but that doesn't mean you have to accept that. You know, you, you need to understand that that's avoidable if you do certain things. The thing I wonder, Hugh, I, I wonder if everyone can... Internally, of course, you, you might have your, your, your reservations about this philosophy, but surely this is not sustainable where every three days or every four days Celtic play a game, the result doesn't go to plan. Then someone asks Ange Postacoglu, are you going to change your playing philosophy? And he says, no. Guess what? See on Sunday, if it doesn't go to plan, he still won't change it. When, when, mm-hmm. when, when are we going to realise that? This can't be a talking point every three days. He will be no. judged in time, as every Celtic manager, every football manager is. If it doesn't go to plan, if he can't progress, he will no longer be the Celtic manager. But every three and four days to ask if he's suddenly decided since the last time we spoke to him to change his playing philosophy, it seems like never ending. Well, I respect him for saying that he intends to continue to take the game to teams, whether they're from La Liga, the Bundesliga or the Scottish Premiership. I respect him for that. However, everyone knows... It's a results-driven business. And if your results are consistently poor, either domestically or in Europe, then at some point the fans crack. And when the fans crack, Hmm. the board cracks. And when the board crack, you're out. Well, let's bring in Alec then, who is a Celtic fan, and see how close he is to cracking. Alec, how would you sum it up? Uh, Well, I'm I'm trying not to crack, uh, Gordon, but... I think if we got to Aberdeen on Sunday and get beat, I think Ange's uh, jacket's in a shaky hook, to be perfectly honest with you. You look at that defence, Starfelt and the big guy Vickers, he brought them to the club. Starfelt, I just, I don't know where they see four and a half million pounds from. The guy just cannot play football. The boy Tony Ralston tries his best, but he's playing practically inside right. All he does now is give the ball away 
and run backwards with his hand up. He's no good enough for a right back position, never mind going forward. And I think Ange is going to need to change his style because at the end of the day, everybody knows we're so unreliable at the back. They're just putting balls over the top of them. Last night, all the Celtic defence did was run back the way. Once they'd, once they'd given the ball away, may I did. It wasn't the Germans that took the ball off us. We gave the ball to the Germans. Yeah, Jack, th- this notion of the, the inverted fullback seems like Man City do it and so on and it's, it's become an interesting talking point for us up here. I did see some screenshots on Twitter last night of you know, Anthony Ralston and Adam Montgomery like literally within the centre circle at the same time. And um I mean that clearly you know leaves leaves gaps the other way. Is that is that the type of complex system that takes time to, to get right or, or does the personnel need to be better? It's always a difficult one. I mean, obviously Man City's done it, but you you look at the players that Man City have got, um, and in the fullbacks position, sort of Kyle Walker. Even if he does get in trouble, he's he's so quick and he's an athlete. So it it is a really really difficult one. But I do have to go back to the point: is I think Rangers won their season based on clean sheets, and I think that's what ended up winning the league. And you look at Man City; they've obviously played this expansive football and. They end up not winning the league, and then all of a sudden they go back to bringing Diaz in and keeping all these clean sheets, and 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 end up end up where they are. Yeah. Um, so it, it's all it is always difficult to kind of play this expansive football. But again, if you, you you've got to be prepared to score. Alex raises a, a point about Sunday Aberdeen. Yeah. yeah, I knew you'd like that one. Well, I know you will. I I don't know I, um, if Celtic in their entire history have ever lost four away matches back to back um, it presents a, a fascinating picture for Sunday because you cannot go on in this fashion um, you know but is it a scenario where Rangers beat Hibs Aberdeen beat Celtic Celtic are nine points behind Rangers and you've only played um, eight matches uh, you know that is going to drive Alex and the rest of the Celtic supporters to distraction um, so We've got a philosophy war here. Ange Postacoglu, I will not compromise. The Celtic support, you must compromise. So from now on, it's the results that determine who's winning the philosophy war. And they'll be up against an Aberdeen side desperate to put things right and it's all your fault, you and your teammates, Jack Yannick. Yeah, obviously they've they're going through a tough time again. New manager coming in and the they're trying new things. Um, and I thought they were they were pretty decent against us until obviously the red card and it kind of sparks back to that. They that at the end of the day they don't win it win the game against us. So it is going to be it, it is results based business. So at the end of the day you can have every philosophy in the world, yeah. but. It, if, if you don't win football games then that's the nature of this business OK thank you Alec 01419511025 this is the perfect time to get your call in and we could be speaking to you next 01419511025 this is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and St Mirren goalkeeper Jack Annick on the show for you tonight 01419511025 uh, We are on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB So much to get through You're looking back on last night's games In, in a football perspective There's the Glen Camara side of things uh, VAR might be getting closer to Scottish football We'll do that later on And of course I'm sure you St Mirren fans Will have something up your sleeve for Jack Annick as well Let's hear a bit more from 
Stephen Gerrard says they were disappointed to be undone by a set piece last night. He thinks there were positives though in the performance despite that defeat. The result stings a bit because I don't think there was too much between both teams. I must admit, I think they created the better chances in open play. Um, so we certainly need to improve um, our play around the area in terms of our creation and our variety around the box. I don't think we tested the keeper enough tonight. But the game's ultimately, ultimately been decided by a set play goal, which we're obviously very disappointed about. We've actually been given the same chance on two occasions. Unfortunately, we couldn't uh, take our chances in terms of our own set pieces. So um, I think it's a little bit harsh on us in terms of the results. I thought we'd done enough to maybe to maybe rescue your points. But, you know, I think the, the pleasing thing for me is it was a tough opposition, tough game. We, we had to adapt and we stayed in the game till, till the final moments. Uh, Alan's had to make a couple of saves, but every time in Europe, away from home, you're always going to need your keeper. I'm going to tap into your goalkeeping expertise here. Man on the post for Rangers last night. What's your take on that? Who decides it? And how does that come about? Um, a lot of teams are different. Obviously, we kind of put a man not on the back post mm-hmm. as well. So, And, and it, why is that then? Because obviously, w- when you get caught out, it seems so obvious, doesn't it? Everyone's got hindsight. Why was there not a man on the post? So there must be a good reason for it. Yeah, a lot of times teams decide to leave a spare marker or they kind of double up sometimes, depending on who's in another team. So a lot of corners are coming, you won't even notice that you've got a spare man and kind of, I know we leave a, a man free to kind of go and attack mm-hmm. it without marking anyone. So it's got its pros and cons. And I think a lot of teams have kind of gone away from the sort of back post man. Um, but yeah, what, it, it's obvious when you get done with yeah. one, people say, why don't you have a man on the back post? But for me, the the way that it's going now, I'm, I'm not overly concerned with a, a man on the back no. post anymore and so that's not is that's dictated to in the planning from the management that's not something you as a goalkeeper dictate no I think you have discussions between obviously goalkeeping coaches managers and goalkeepers and you, you kind of get a preference because there's there's some goalkeepers that are so determined mm-hmm. that they want this this and this and there's some managers who want certain things so I think the the discussion is between everybody and you, you, you come to a, a fair ground but uh you obviously don't talk about it unless you, you concede yeah. a goal, which I, I can't ever remember Rangers conceding that many set pieces. So, Hughes, Stephen Gerrard spoke about there, you know, there being positives, and and look, I, I I acknowledge that social media is not always the best barometer, but it does sometimes give you a general overview of how people are feeling. It, it was because bear in mind they they put up banners calling this guy a god in Glasgow. Rangers uh-huh. fans love this guy, but uh-huh. it, it was one of the first times last night where I felt like. I saw a lot of Rangers fans on social media just disagreeing with that and saying, "No, st- like, can it stop this? It wasn't. It wasn't a positive performance. That was disappointing. It's been the same all season, etc., etc." Again, if you go back to the stats in the three seasons prior to this one, Stephen Gerrard had Rangers in the Europa League group stages. After two games, he had four points, three points, and six points. Now he's getting no points. That tells you that uh, they're not. Doing their job uh, I was a little surprised uh, By the, the Positioning of Morelos On the bench At the start of the game He is after all Their record Goal scorer In European competition Took him a while To get him on the park uh, So I was a little surprised By team selection And as I say This season In Europe Rangers have been A disappointment There is no Other way to describe it uh, They are top Of the league Domestically speaking And that is 
covering up for what happens in Europe at the moment. But if Aberdeen Celtic's fascinating, so is Rangers Hibs at Ibrox because Hibs are a side who could trouble Rangers and could knock them off their perch. Uh, so that will bring everything into fresh perspective if that happens. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's bring in Michael, who is a Rangers fan from Thornley Bank. Just on on the game first, Michael, if you don't mind, what what did you make of it last night as a, a performance and a result? Uh, first of all, good, good evening, guys. Hello. Good evening, Paro. Um, first and foremost, the delight to get through. Good to have you. Um, the, the the performance was typical of the Rangers' performances this season. Not enough spark. Um, we're doing enough, but in European competition, we're just not getting there. Uh, just doing enough is not going to be enough to get over the line. Uh, the quality of opposition we're facing in Europe is superior to what we'll play, play in the Premiership. Um, and we get found out again. I do hope it turns round. I do hope that uh, we find the, the third, fourth and fifth gears. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now the priority is going to be the league um, and the Cups. Um, I think the Europe dream has potentially already started to drift away. Do you think it has? I mean, obviously, Leon winning last night kind of suggests they're going to be certainly, not certainly, but it looks like they'll be group winners. Can Rangers could pull this back and, and clinch a second place, no? I think they can, um, but the performances have to improve and we need to be more clinical. I think the next two games are will, will determine what happens, um, and particularly the next one um, against Bruges. It's, it's a, a win or bust for second place, I think. Um, in the next game Yeah yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure um, I know you had a point on the other stuff that went on last night Michael the unsavoury stuff as well take it away Yeah um, I, I'm a wee bit younger um, so I don't remember it all happening at the time but knowing my football history if you go back to the 1980s uh, English clubs were banned from European competition because of the fans of English clubs now it wasn't one particular club so why can't the same rules apply? You've got two teams in one country having their stadiums closed for racist chanting. If UEFA wanted to get a grip of this, they say, well, it's not one club. It's uh, more, than a, more than one club in one country. Therefore, it's a country problem. Therefore, you do not get to enter our competitions unless you sort it out. Just like it happened in England. Everton, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Everton was first time, it was first time they got into Europe. And they couldn't compete because of fans of other English uh, teams. So if it's good enough for football, football hooliganism, and I think racism is akin to football hooliganism uh, now, uh, is that disgusting and abhorrent that why don't they treat it the same way? It's a different kind of abuse. Okay, it's verbal, but the mm. the abuse is just as bad. It's an interesting point, Michael. I mean, you... Uh... I, I get the impression we're probably although it doesn't seem that long ago it was probably long ago enough that, that, that things are viewed slightly differently now but in a more general sense whether it's banning every Czech team which might seem a little bit unfair uh-huh. um, there's something because the, the, Michael's right in the sense that the, the overall response from the Czech football authorities isn't good enough either no. No, 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 not at all. As I say, they see everything in a kind of perverse way, uh, whereby uh, they have been victimised and not Glenn Kamara. Uh, That's happened in two successive seasons now. Um, The ground, Spartapag's ground, was closed to adults last night because of racism. Now, where do UEFA go from here? 
the ground was theoretically closed. Uh, so are they going to say of Sparta Prague, well, your ground is now closed for the remainder of the Europa League group or whatever. It's very much in the hands of UEFA. At the end of the day, Rangers can state their case and very strongly, Glenn Kamara's lawyer, Amar Anwar, will make his case very strongly uh, and the Czechs will defend themselves very strongly. UEFA have to get to the bottom of this and decide what is an appropriate punishment, appropriate to what took place. The ground, well, well, what would your take on that be? And I accept it's, it's quite difficult, yeah. but at a minimum then, are you looking at a proper stadium closure? Is that is that the next logical step before you look at more extreme measures that, that Michael and others might suggest? I, I, again, I would suggest that the ground was closed to all intents and purposes last night. They then let in children who have indulged in... Uh, Behaviour that I think PFA Scotland did, described today in their statement as beyond horrific. Um, so the ground, I think, has to remain closed mm. for a period of time. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Thank you, Michael. It was nice to speak to you. Hopefully, you will do it again for a second time and beyond. Now is the time for Beat the Pundit. Poor Jack Anik doesn't even know what Beat the Pundit is. He's got no idea what he's walked in on. It might not be him. It might be Hugh Keevans. It'll all be down to the toss of the coin. But it could be you out there. So 01419511025. I'm running late. I've given you less time than usual. You need to get your call in before 7 o'clock. Be quick. Tackle the headlines. 0141951 Clyde One Super Scoreboard St Mirren goalkeeper Jack Anik joins us tonight alongside Hugh Keevans who's probably I'd imagine the worst goalkeeper uh, you would ever see it's just, just an yeah, impression yeah. I have of him yeah yeah quite right there, um, yeah. it's 0141951025 if you want to get in touch with the guys and if you're just joining us well you've missed quite a lot it's been a very controversial day uh, Treatment of Glenn Kamara last night Clearly not what we want to see at all The Czech footballing media And clubs and players seem to be kind of doubling down on it So a lot's been said on that Of course on the pitch there was a lot to get through Rangers losing, Celtic losing convincingly So if you've got any thoughts on that Or you want to talk about VAR Potentially coming to Scotland Or you want to quiz Jack about St Mirren Or anything else Now is the time to pick up that phone Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. But as beat the pundit time, we spent the duration of the news wisely trying to explain beat the pundit to Jack Anik, but in such a way that it doesn't scare him so much that he runs out the door and leaves the two of us between now and eight o'clock. So David is in Paisley, um, a part of the country Jack knows well. How's it going, David? Yes, I'm fine. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm going to toss the coin, but you'd you'd want to take advantage of this guy's beginner's nerves, surely. <laughs> I help take Jack. I mean, seriously though, Hugh's actually not in very good form either. Jack might be better than Hugh. I think there's a there's a very good chance of that. Every chance. So I to would defend say. yourself? No, you can't <laughs> no, actually. No, can no, you? no, no. I must tell the truth. Heads is Hugh Keevans. Tails it will be Jack Anik. Let's see how we go. Oh, on its heads, Hugh Keevans. Jack breathes a huge sigh of relief. Uh, so, Hugh, we will give you some Clyde 2 to listen to, hopefully. Yep, he's giving me the nod, which means he can't hear us anymore. David, uh, I'm going to put 30 seconds on your clock. Answer as many questions right as you can. And the golden rule, if you don't know, pass quickly and we'll just move on to the next one, OK? Good man. 30 seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. Name either side that Rangers or Celtic played in the Europa League last night. 
Leather Connor Ronan has scored two goals for which Scottish Premiership team this season? St Mirren Who was the last Scottish team Michael Higdon played for? Ross County Who's the manager of Inverness? Inverness uh, Pass Which French side did Bobo Baldi sign for Celtic from? Leon And Ryan Gold plays for which Canadian team? No, a pass Okay, let's bring back Hugh Evans. Hugh, can you hear us? I can Same set of questions to you 30 seconds going on the clock And your time starts now Name either side that Celtic or Rangers faced last night in the Europa League It's about the Prague Connor Ronan has scored two goals for which Scottish Premiership team this season? St Mirren What was the last Scottish team Michael Higdon played for? Motherwell Who's the manager of Inverness? Um, pass which French side did Celtic sign Bobo Baldi from? Nope. Ryan Gold plays for which Canadian football team? Vancouver Whitecaps. And which English Premier League side did Rangers sign Calvin Bassey from? Pass. Passing the last question. Just Billy, take a Billy guess. Billy Dodds. Billy, Billy, don't phone me. Uh, Jack, I actually think you'd have done all right there. Because you'd have got the first two. Uh, I think I would have been all right. And that lifts the pressure. Um, David, how do you think it went? I think you maybe beat maybe one or two. Well, you started well, though, David. Um, and look, it's a nice, easy one to get you both up and running. Producers obviously feeling generous. Give oh. them a wee easy one. Make them feel good about themselves. Bayer Leverkusen or Sparta Prague, you both got it. Connor Ronan, can you confirm, Jack? Indeed, a teammate yep. of yours at uh, St Mirren. So you both get that. I thought we're, we're on to a good start here. Michael Higdon, last played for Motherwell. Was last seen leaving the Corinthian after winning the Player of the yes, Year, yes. And, and we all know what happened after that. But he was a very good player in Claret like, and Amber. Likes a night out. Um, and Hugo's three-two in front. I feel like taking one off you though. You should have known Billy Dodds. I know. I, I'm kicking myself here. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, Dodgy. Um, Bobo Baldi signed from Toulouse. <sighs> So unfortunately, David, you didn't get it either. So Hugh does stay three-two in front, and he then put a bit of gloss on it. Vancouver Whitecaps is the current club of Ryan Gold. Do you know where Calvin Bassey signed from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and you didn't get that far as well. See, it's typical, but unfortunately, your two was not enough. He's been rubbish all season, but he has got four tonight. He's doing that thing, David. He's pointing at the imaginary name on the back of his cardigan, which is. The... I'm just, I'm just trying to help him. So, um, how, is it Gordon's got to get a nice bag on his head? Correct. So that's why I've done that. And I'm, gl- I'm glad you, br- I'm glad you brought this up. So, for anyone who's just joining us, I don't even know how we come up with it. You know how Thursday nights are on this show yeah. uh, we, we dreamt up the idea that somehow if Gordon DL finishes bottom of the table um, he'll get a Nike tick shaved in the back of his head because Mark Wilson and I are of a similar age we were reminiscing about strange oh. 90s fashion and uh, I was explaining it to you during the break at which point Jack Anik turned and said I had one of those yeah <laughs> Seriously, and you've just admitted well, that on live radio. I know, I know what I was thinking. Honestly, <laughs> I, I heard the Dazzler last night speak about this thing. I thought, well, it could be that I'll finish bottom. What will I do? So I decided that I would undo the top button in my shirt if I finish is bottom. That, is that as radical as it gets for you? Yeah. Right, okay, we'll see how we go. 01419511025. Thank you to David. Uh, let's bring in Paul. Can see some St Mirren questions coming in for you, Jack. So we'll maybe get them soon. Let's bring in Paul uh, first of all and see what he's got. Hi, Paul. Hey, hi, Gordon. Uh, hi, Hugh. Hi, Jack. Hello. Hi. Uh, my my point tonight is that uh, obviously disappointing with the results that uh, Celtic are, are getting recently. 
But I, I kind of understand the results without being pleased about them. But I do see in every game bits that are quite pleasing, but I also see bits that can't possibly work with the squad of players they've got. Now, nobody wants to see, well, obviously, no, no, no Celtic supporter wants to see them losing. But if we want to implement this new style, this new culture change, it's going to take time. And I watch the games, I go to the games, the results, the Dundee United's result last week, Celtic won the great. They should have won actually about 5 1 with the chances they had, about no playing great. The best game, uh, we squandered chances last night, we squandered chances. Now, if we want to go knee jerk and just think this isn't working, no, we need to change it, we need to change it. We'll never change anything. We'll never change if we just go back to the same old thing again. We've done nothing in Europe for years. So we continually get hammered by decent teams. Last night, Bayer Leverkusen are a great team, don't get me wrong. But if we want to compete with these guys, we need to stick with something and we need to stick to a philosophy that's maybe going to take, it's going to take more than a season and it's going to definitely take more than one transfer window. Do you believe, Paul, as a Celtic supporter, that... Ange Postacoglu and I've heard people on this programme say in these two or three transfer windows do you honestly believe Paul knowing your fellow fans as you do that he would get two or three transfer windows while not winning anything? I, I probably no I don't think it, I don't think he would you but I, I think that I think that even with the squad of players I've got now I think they're capable I think they're capable of winning something in Scotland I mean, I don't. Let's not get. There's no a. There's no a big difference between Celtic with the squad that they've got and the other teams in the league. I mean, in Europe, there's a big difference, but there's not a big difference in Scotland. I don't think without us being being great. I don't think there's a a, a massive amount of difference. Well, again, on the subject of results, Celtic will play St Johnston. In the semi-final of the Premier Sports Cup St Johnston are the holders St Johnston won two cups last season uh, Their right away Paul is a test of Ange and his philosophy uh, As I say I applaud a man who is taking a principled stand And who says No matter what It's going to be done my way But there will come a point When you are Legitimately entitled to say Look, the results don't back up your way So he has to start getting results Beginning yeah. with Aberdeen and Sunday to, to be fair, I think the argument comes About where that point is I think everyone acknowledges That there has to, to come a point But is the point The 1st of October Is the point after two transfer windows um, Jack, something that comes up from time to time on here And before I even say it I acknowledge that it's not the exact same You can never draw direct comparisons but in this city the team that, that, that Rangers had played so successfully last season and win the league and win it so convincingly they did that because they had a couple of years under Steven Gerrard to, to get it right now again I know it's not the exact same right? and and, and again Rangers did well in Europe which showed signs of progress um, but can any 
any football club anywhere get it right like that or do you need a bit of time? I think it's always difficult to get it get it right straight away. Um, I think he he is going to need a bit of time. Um, and I think if you offered Celtic fans no trophies for this full season and then to win the league next year, would they take it? Do you know what I mean? So Gerard came up here and it was kind of there wasn't any trophies won in the first first year. And I think if he had offered Rangers fans nothing to be won in the first year and then a convincing league title. I think a lot of them would have took it, so it's difficult to, to get the balance between of sort of winning nothing, yep. but also seeing that progression as well. Having said that, Paul, what what signs are you looking for? Because at the moment, all you're really getting, I guess, is signs within matches. You know, first twenty five minutes last night, or performances against St Mirren, or, or Dundee, um, or the cup game against Hearts, whatever it may be. You said, you know, there's not a lot of difference between Celtic and the other teams. The, the, the points gap was 25 last season. I don't know how much you, you 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 judge things by, you know, how many points Celtic would be behind this season. But but what's it going to take to 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 convince people that whilst you might not win anything, that it's heading in the right direction? Oh God, I, I, I think I think if we. I don't think they'll win nothing. I, I, I don't think they'll go the season without winning anything. I think that if we get players in that, and we can see a style that's happening and players that can cope with the style. We if you, we think about it, we just lost a guy, we lost Ryan Christie. Now this style suited Ryan Christie at a T, but he left. Now the guys that we've had that have come in, it doesn't suit them so much. So I think you need to give the guy a few transfer windows to sign guys, to have enough time to scout, to scout and sign guys that can handle the system. Then if they don't win that, don't get me wrong, if he's no one, they'll need to go. But I think really he needs, a, he needs a wee bit of time and by a wee bit of time, at least a season, at least a season. Well, let's hear a bit from him. Hang on the line, Paul, and I'll, I'll get your thoughts on it. Um, obviously, Furuhashi and Callum McGregor returned last night. Jakimakis made his long-awaited debut from the bench. The manager's hoping that's things starting to improve. It's great to have him back. Yeah, it's good to fit George us. He obviously, he's still a bit off getting match fitness, but we need options um, for a number of reasons to rotate the squad, but also to put play, pressure on players who are playing, because I just feel at the moment... Uh, you know, we're, we're running with a similar 11 every week and, you know, my experience is you've got to keep guys on edge and, and fighting for their positions and at times when you don't have that opportunity to, to throw guys on, it, it, you know, it can create an atmosphere where we think that, you know, what we're doing is enough. So having those guys back gives us some more competition for places and hopefully some opportunities to, to change things up if we need it. I mean, Paul, on one hand, you could legitimately say that last night it was so obvious the difference that Furuhashi makes. If you look at the, the way Celtic were able to play, the way they started the game, I would reserve the right, though, of someone to say, well, it can't have made that much difference because they lost 4-0. Um, but in, in terms of the, the performance, it, it, it certainly felt different to start off, did it not? It certainly did. I mean, uh, uh, we go. I can't remember a player who's uh, made such a, an impact for a long, long time. I mean, he lifts the crowd, he lifts, he lifts everybody. But I mean, he's only human. He missed a, he missed a couple of chances. But you need guys of that work ethic, that ilk, uh, to to play the style that that Ange wants to play. 
you're not going to, not, not all the team, a lot of the team doesn't suit the way that he wants to play. But again, it's a, he needs to identify these guys. He needs to bring these guys in. But it's only then that I. I would say that you can judge if he's uh, yeah. if he's not been a success. I mean, Hugh, again, you lose the game four 0 So I get it if people would say he can't have made that much difference. But your old pal Albin Ayeti, yeah. you two have had your differences on this show. One sided, I should say. He knows nothing about it, yeah. but you have had your differences with him um, in the last few weeks, and they, they, they're going to need Furuhashi there and, and yeah. performing to. To play the way they want to play He made an immediate impact uh, Kyogo Furuhashi uh, And he will be A godsend to Celtic on Sunday When they go to Pataudry He will make a huge difference to them As will Callum McGregor I look at last night And you know As I said to Jack the, The Leverkusen goalkeeper has had an outstanding night of it Celtic have been unfortunate They were Unfortunate against Dundee United last Sunday Hitting the bar three times But by the end of last night's game Two thirds of the crowd had gone home And you know They, they, they know what they're looking at uh, And they Eventually If And I underline if Things do not pick up Then the crowd will dictate What happens with regard to Celtic But it's all about events It's Aberdeen away St Johnston in the cup He can't buy any players Because the window's closed until January He has to go with what he's got He cannot fall Desperately far behind Rangers Or that creates its own Mm. reaction Celtic historically Are a volatile club And the volatility comes from The people who are there Paying to watch So he has to start Making sure the ground doesn't empty Long before the end of games Such is the nature of football Jack People will become Easier targets than others And and Furuhashi Has been brilliant And and certainly made a bit of a difference last night However If he scores his chance Are are we having the same discussions About how bad the defence is And and how open the team is You know You you do need everyone to, to, To get those big moments right Yeah And I I do agree with Paul I think I've not seen a player That's created that much Of a spark around the team And And yeah As the cliche in football Goals change games And I do think If they had scored That first goal It would have been A total different game Um, But At the end of the day You can You can say if But maybe I thought Celtic did create A lot of chances And the goalkeeper Did make a lot of Good saves But the final result Is 4-0 and you can take positives yeah. away from it and he did make a massive difference and I think he's going to be similar to sort of a Morales in a way of his goals are going to be massive mm-hmm. for Celtic this season definitely um, but yeah I think I think he's, he's going to be a big player but hopefully it's uh, not against you it's not against us yeah uh, thank <laughs> you to Paul 01419511025 good time to get your calls in speak to you next Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's time to see what Hugh Keevans and Jack Annick are like as a team on the full-time teaser. We're going to take more calls very soon as well. This is easier than the earlier quiz element, Jack. The pressure's off here. You can just blame it all on him. But I tried to find one that might might be up might be up your street a little bit. Um, so the aim of the game is the listeners send a piece of trivia in, and you two have from now till the end of the show thirty minutes to come up with the answers. So you can take your time on it. The question tonight by Mikey. 
Since 2000-2001 season Eight players have scored a hat-trick In the English Premier League And have also played for the old firm At some point in their career So since 2000-2001 Eight players have scored a hat-trick In the English Premier League And have also played for either of the old firm At some point in their career Chris Sutton Would you believe no? Uh, Jack, any that spring to mind? Not not straight away Okay, I'll give um, you some thinking time I, I should say Some are Some are still involved up here I think one is still actually involved down there So Kenny Miller? No, 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 no. That was one that sprung my mind but, mm-hmm. uh, Okay, I'll leave it with you um, I think once you get going you, There's a couple that are Couple are brutal. Don't get me wrong, but a couple I think you'll uh, you'll get before I need to start dishing out the clues. Right, let's bring in John and Eastco Bride is a Saint Mirren fan. How's it going, John? Hi, great. But we we won a game. <laughs> well, absolutely. All good for you. Um, Aye. You want to praise Jack or slaughter him for being hopeless? Yeah, which is away, away you go. Jack's been the best. Uh, how you doing, Jack? I'm good. How are you, John? Yeah, bro. Thanks for all your your uh, endeavour uh, so far. Uh, uh, since you came to us, um, you're the best goalie we had since the last one, which was uh, Hadji. Is it, I can't even pronounce his name. Public guy, you know. He did have big gloves to fill. This guy actually didn't he? So that, that that's Aye. that's what they call Aye. praise in this part of the world, Jack. You're the best goalie since the last guy since left. Last one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was good to be fair, John, wasn't he? Oh, he's done it. He's done it in spades, you know. And it, no matter what happens in your career, I hope you stay with us for a long, long while, Jack. But no matter what happens, you'll still be remembered. You'll be done as a legend uh, after being one of the very few goalkeepers that's beaten Rangers and Celtic in the one season and deserved to beat them, you know. So uh, well, well done there, Jack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you go down? You were born in Hexham. I see. Yeah, yeah. Job there. That's right. Born and born and bred in Hexham. Uh, you're only a, a bottle throw for Newcastle, aren't you? You know, just over the, the Hadrian's Wall, you know. So, you're, you're, in other words, you, you're putting in your half Scottish now, anyway, you know. So. <laughs> it started off, you know, I felt like uh, Jack had paid John to come on and, uh, and give him this praise. On a serious note, it's nice to, it's nice to be nice. Um, how, how much are you enjoying it? You've obviously yeah. been there a while now, but. I mean, hearing stuff like that, like a legend, I mean, you don't feel anything like that. I mean, obviously, I, I had a great season, but. No, I've I've loved every minute of it. Even from the first phone call with the manager when I was due to come in, I've I've enjoyed every second of it. And I stay around till three, four o'clock just to have a coffee with the lads. It's 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 a great environment to be around. I think any pundits fans that go to St Mirren can always say yeah. that it's a, it's a brilliant little club that's kind of on its way up, and it's a pleasure to be a part of. And look, fans of so-called wee teams everywhere can. Can identify with that Because you're not always going to win trophies In fact sometimes you never do Or it takes a while But those those are relative successes throughout a season John's mentioned that John's always going to remember the season That you know you beat Celtic and Rangers in the same season um, How special are those moments And then how much does that whet your appetite To, to, to maybe kick on and, and whether it's the top six place or, or whether it's a cup or something Yeah I think last season it was Going away to Celtic Park And, and winning 2-1 It was it was amazing and then Rangers obviously that unbeaten run and hadn't been beaten beating them in the cup as well them sort of things are it shows that, that you can compete at this level um, and we obviously had a, a brilliant season just missed out on six so you do sort of the, the, the smaller sort of teams you do have to set big goals in this league and they're not going to be the goals of sort of your Rangers win the league we're not 
we're not here to say we're, we're going to beat Rangers and Celtic to the league but obviously cup finals is something that we want to we got mm. two semi-finals last year and I think I think one of our main aims, whether it's this season or within the next couple of years, is to, to get mm-hmm. Simmer into a cup final. And your your experiences of, of Scottish football actually now quite varied. Where you go to one of the, the the big clubs that comes with all that expectation, and I'm sure you didn't play as often as you would have wanted, but, but you still played and played in big games. Um, and then obviously now you're at St Mirren. What's it What's it all been like? If you could kind of sum it all up, how do you look back on it? It's been amazing, obviously, a lot of players from England do say you're kind of wary when you come up here and look at the league and stuff like that, and I was blown away, obviously, coming to Rangers, and it's kind of a, it's a nice mix because I've went to the sort of the big team and wanting to get beat by the St Mirrens and the Livingstons, and then now I'm on the other side wanting to beat them, and it, it's it's been obviously a different mix, and I, I've loved every second of playing in this league uh, Playing for Rangers is, it was absolutely amazing, and now playing for St Mirren, still getting to play in these massive games is 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 what you're in football for. Uh, John, you're going to kick on and get another victory this weekend. I uh, well, what, what, what was uh, going back to Jack? Jack, you'll be playing tomorrow in one of the notorious uh, plastic pitches, artificial surfaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year we were fortunate; uh, two, two teams won't agree with us. We get rid of Rugby Park. And we get rid of whoever Hamilton call their ground now anyway, you know. Uh, nobody seems to like them, right? Uh, different type of game on it. I've heard managers like Celtic's previous manager saying he's never seen a decent game on a plastic pitch. Now, you as a goalkeeper, I've heard players saying but, uh, that, uh, that they're against plastic pitches because of injuries, etc., etc. The bounce of the ball, uh, different from grass and so on, you know. Um, but what is, I've never heard an opinion from a top goalkeeper. Uh, did you, Jack, did you play, I know you previously played in Newcastle and then on to like support Vale, Scunthorpe, Blackpool and so on. Did you, in your experience as a professional goalkeeper, have to play on these plastic pitches? John's, John's got Wikipedia open in front of him. I love that I was commitment. Say that's good information. To, to, to the cause. <laughs> Do you know what? Really good question, though, yeah. John, because I think you're right. I was thinking that. I'm not sure we've ever had a goalie on, given us his take on it. Yeah, obviously you're not a fan of it because you're growing up when you're younger on grass pitches and that's that's what it's all about. And in an ideal league, you wouldn't like them, but also football's about adapting to different situations. In Europe, there is teams that have played on plastic pitches. You see England and Scotland going away mm-hmm. to different sort of countries and it's not, a, it's not a pitch you look forward to playing on, but... Kind of, we we'll we'll change our training week. And we'll train on Astro a couple of times just to kind of get used to it. But in an ideal world, but obviously you've got to look at the the money that sort sure. of it brings in for the the lesser clubs, mm-hmm. and you you do have to deal with it. So in an ideal world, I, I wouldn't like to play on them, but I think you do just have to adapt. And and there is only one in in the division this season, so. Yeah, hopefully I can say it tomorrow. Yeah, we don't mind playing on it after a win. Yeah, so. exactly. And is, so is it any harder on the body as a goalie? Is Monday morning a bit sore or not? I, I would probably say so. If you yeah. ask the majority of players, obviously it's it's a lot firmer and sort of twisting and turning. I think I don't like to go back with Jamie Murphy. He got a bad knee injury off playing on a, a plastic pitch and. I think probably the stats do say that there is a lot more injuries, so it is a bit sore on the on the body and stuff like that. But it's it is it's it's about adapting and uh, and trying to go and play that sort of pitch. 
uh, get the footwork right and you don't need to dive, Hugh. I've just made that up. I don't know if that's a thing for Listen, goalies at all. But. They are an abomination. And the sooner they are driven out of our game, England doesn't allow them. We shouldn't either. Uh, you could dip into the big pension pot and give some money to Livy and whoever else needs to get rid of theirs then. I've got six grandchildren inherited. Thank you, John. <laughs> 01419511025. Um, it was nice to speak to John. I think we're going to bring in Nick, who's hanging on as well. Um, my screen's just gone a little bit funny. I'm pretty. Oh, Nick's now gone. Let's let's bring let's bring in Nick if we can. We'll try and get him back. Um, what else jumps out at you for tomorrow, Hugh? It's a well, an interesting the, weekend ahead. I, I'm stunned, stunned that you haven't mentioned Hearts v Motherwell yet. Yeah, I thought we'd just play it cool. Um, you know, the, Motherwell have had a terrific start. Uh, they've got momentum. Hearts are undefeated in the league this season so far. Therefore, they have momentum. Uh, so that will be an outstanding game tomorrow at Tynecastle. Uh, Nick is now back with us. Nick, what's your point for the guys tonight? Good evening, Gordon. Good Hello. evening, gentlemen. Hi. Uh, I was on earlier in the week, and uh, I'll no mention the word that I said about uh, a jetty, but uh, I knew they were going to get uh, turned over uh, last night. Uh, we just don't have the the squad that are going to do anything in Europe. Uh, I think we'll end up bottom of the section. Uh, there's nothing there that uh, excites me at Celtic Park and uh, say I think the manager will be going before Christmas what would, what would that achieve though Nick right because if you are trying with, before we even get to this philosophy and that my goodness how we're kicking the backside out of that word these days but before we even get to that this manager Inherited a Celtic team that lost an unbelievable amount of players last season Even in a pure numbers game so Even if you didn't like the guys that, that left They lost so many players They had to replace almost a full team And then on top of that you're talking about main ones Ayer, Christie, Edward Even uh, Elianusi played a big part for Celtic last season The captain goes, it's a time of change It's still disrupted above him There is no head of recruitment as far as I can tell There is no director of football And actually at the moment there's no permanent CEO So binning this before Christmas this project what, what does that achieve? I think that'll happen uh, at Celtic Football Club I, I don't think uh, they can continue uh, when was the last time we won an away game? February 14th, 14th of February uh-huh. yeah, but I, I get that Hugh but that's in in the grand scheme of things that's actually short term and I know it doesn't seem like it in every week that goes on or every away defeat but it's still short term I don't want to repeat the exact same question to you but but you heard it how on earth could you rip all this up now? Why would you do that? I, I think that um, Nick overlooks one thing here um, Real Betis I, I thought prior to that game that Celtic would lose and lose heavily it finished up 4-3 um, but contained within that Commendable result was another fairly shambolic defensive performance. Did anyone really think that Bayer Leverkusen, second in the Bundesliga, uh, were not going to beat Celtic? I don't think so. I listened to the callers last night on their way to Celtic Park, and one caller said he was getting ready for 3 0. It turned out to be 4. But contained within that, Celtic missed chances at one end, 
and cannot keep the ball out the net at the other end. Um, so that's the problem they have ongoing. Nick and everyone else is going to have to wait to see how this develops. Starting on Sunday, I keep hammering the point, Celtic cannot go away and lose a fourth successive away match. There's then the international break, but the St Johnston Cup tie, Hibs away, Motherwell, these are big tests of Ange Postacoglu. Didn't even mention St Mirren there, see that? No, no. no. I know that St Mirren and Jack will be there as the the human wall, Um, but... It's events, games, competitions that will determine by the turn of the year when they play Rangers at Celtic Park that will determine what kind of season Celtic are going to have and how seriously or otherwise it impacts on the manager. Well, thank you to Nick. Let's see what Ross thinks. Uh, Ross is a Celtic fan from Pollock. Um, your, your fellow Celtic fan, Ross, fears the manager could be gone by Christmas. It's quite a quite a fear, quite a prediction. Is that one you would... Agree with or disagree? Nah, I would definitely. First of all, hi, hi, Hugh. Um, hi, guys. I hope you're all well. Um, no, I definitely would disagree with that. I don't blame Ange at all. Um, my point is essentially, Ange is stuck with players that I don't think are good enough at that level. And I think last night showed that. We never took our chances last night. We created more than enough chances to get something for that game last night. And Bayern just punished us. Absolutely punished us. Well, you know, without specifying the players, um, these players have all been brought in uh, by Ange Postacoglu. No, no, but, no, but they haven't. I think that's no, Ross's no, Ross no, point. Yeah, I was about to finish by saying by Ange Postacoglu or whoever. No, I don't, no, I don't even mean that, though. There's still loads that he inherited. That in an ideal Ange Postacoglu world, I don't know the answer. Does he... Does does he envisage a team with with Ralston at right back and Montgomery at left back? And by the way, you know this is not a criticism of those guys. I'm I'm just underlining the people who were who were already there and and the lack of options to change things at the moment. The chaotic aspect to life at Celtic Park is something that has to be factored in as well. Um, Anthony Ralston at the start of the season came in, did exceptionally well, and we had callers here who said he should be in the Scotland squad, but. Jeremy Frimprong was sold last February and Celtic have not addressed the, the full-back position properly since then uh, because... To be fair, Juranovic though, well, he'll play there, won't he, when he's fit? Well, his fit maybe the other side is still needing some attention. But you, you drew attention earlier, Gordon, to director of football. Are they ever going to get one? Uh, is Michael Nicholson going to become the full-time chief executive or do they have someone else in mind? Um, there's just too much uncertainty going on at Celtic Park for it to be a productive mm. time for the club and that includes the recruitment of players Ross what do you think? Um, I, 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 to a certain extent I agree, I, I agree with what you're saying that um, there is a lot going on at Parkhead at the moment but I, I, I generally do think that Ange is he's trying his best to get out of a player of, for example, Ralston, a right back, he's getting him. He's, he's trying to play him a certain way, and I don't think Ralston can cope with the style of football Ange is trying to play. So I think at the moment Ange is up against that he's got players that he's trying to develop into a certain style, and it's just not working. But I don't. Who, think... t- who takes the blame for that then, Ross? This is some sort of convoluted chicken and egg theory here. But like, th- does does the manager have to change to suit what he's the players that he's got there? Or do the players need to learn to, to perform that role better? What, what's the right answer? 
I don't know. I, um, I, I just I think that he, he, he is trying to play a certain style of football that Celtic fans want to see, and I just feel like he doesn't have the players that can adapt to that. So I don't know who takes the flak if it's Ange or if it's the players. But I generally don't think Ange should be walking anywhere. I think if Ange walks, Celtic are in real trouble. Thank you very much, Ross. It was nice to speak to you. How are you two getting on with this teaser? We're looking for eight players this century who've scored English Premier League hat tricks and played for either of the old firm. Tony Andre Flo. Mm, I don't actually think so. It would help if I could find my list. No. That was one of my mind. Next one, Jermaine Defoe. Yes, Jermaine Defoe. Well done. He has numerous um, for Spurs and for Sunderland and yeah, various others. Yelovich. No. Elad Juf. No, actually, no. He has not. P. Eleven Kranz. No. John Hartson. No. One Nico Kranz. Defoe mould in terms of. Excellent career down there And then yeah. maybe up here Towards the end I went for a stranger one Nico Cranshaw No I can see you're thinking there You can If it's a great fanfare In the east end of Glasgow Oh Robbie Keane Robbie Keane Well done What about the one That is Still Playing down there So he's done it the opposite way now he scored the English Premier League hat trick. The reason you might not remember is because his spell up here was forgettable. He didn't hit the ground oh, up here. Pookie. Yes, Timo Pookie. So there's one up here who the clue I'll give you at the moment, he's only recently hung up the boots, but he's still involved. And he's 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 here, he's a Scotsman and represented various teams up here, but did score an English Premier League hat trick. And he's still involved up here Yes In a coaching capacity And not just for his club team anymore There'll be a clue for you Oh, Naismith Yes, Stephen Naismith Hat-trick for Everton against Chelsea And of course played for Rangers And Hearts and Kilmarnock And various others um, I'll tell you what Hugh I thought we were going to do this earlier on But maybe what we should do is just We'll lay the foundations and we can get stuck right into it over the weekend. I knew it was a busy night and something would um, something would have to give. Have you seen the other big story today? As the if bar. we've not got enough. And this is that the SPFL and the Scottish FA are going to hold a, a meeting to explore how VAR can be introduced. Now, it's not, it's not like a, a, a definite, but you read between the lines. It looks like VAR is on its way here. Um, your thoughts? I'm not one of those who jumps up and shouts, hurrah, we're getting VAR. Um, I think it, it, to a certain extent, spoils things. And, you know, down south, every time a goal is scored now, you stop to see if they're going to question it in some way. I, I think it, it starts as many arguments as it ends. Um, but I know that people think, well, the naked eye is no longer good enough. The referee's eye on its own is no longer good enough. He needs help. I do not think, though, that it will automatically save us from mm. debate. It, it simply won't. Not in a country where no mm. two people agree about anything. Okay, because it it's a great conversation. Maybe you need to recalibrate your aims and expectations, though. If people expect it to save us from debate, then forget it. Yeah. Because it, because it won't. But, but what if that's not the aim? What if it's just to get more decisions yeah. right than we do at the moment? I've always understood that, that VAR is there to deliver clarity 
And to make sure that serious mistakes do not take place However, I think to an extent Jack, it spoiled it that the game down south I, I, I was just about to agree I think you can't celebrate a goal without thinking I'm at offside And then all of a sudden you're given offside And then you celebrate 30 seconds running across yep. over your fans And I do think it's taken You look at Scottish football It's passionate And I think the sort of the VR can slow down the games And listen, I think if you if it's about getting more and more decisions right, then yes, possibly. Um, but for me, I was always VR. I, I think there is aspects of the game that can be can be helped by VR. Mm. But I think no, I think I, I think I completely agree. It does take that sort of passionate yeah. edge about a goal. Um, you can judge for yourselves how scientific this is. We put a poll on our Twitter feed. Six thousand responses. Good. Needless to say, so I think that's, yeah. that's a pretty fair representation. And I'm surprised at the result actually. Uh-huh. Yes, 62%. Uh-huh. And no, the rest, obviously, 38%. Mm-hmm. Um, that, 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 does, that does surprise me. It's not what I expected to it, see. Because, for instance, in the replies, though, people who have been quite outspoken about it, uh, Red and Black Army says, horrible invention, players not celebrating a goal until we have a two-minute check, human error. Um, it's all part of the game. If they bring VAR, I'm definitely going to stop going and start watching my local junior team. Uh, Stephen McNish, it's a big no from me. There are better ways to use the money. That's another key uh-huh. point, especially since it's been shown even with VAR, they're still getting decisions wrong. Um, however, Darren says, good idea. The referees need more support. And Joe McFarlane says, totally get it in. Um, you know, people will say that until a decision goes against their team uh, and then their opinion of VAR will alter radically I think you know, goals are being disallowed for a part of the body that is one inch in front mm. of somebody else and you think how, how really mm. and truly fair is that? To be fair I think let's be honest we couldn't have afford, we, we couldn't afford it at the start anyway and it, it remains to be seen how we will however I noticed this in the quotes from Neil Doncaster amongst others today he was talking about you know due to the financial outlay it made sense that we waited and looked uh-huh. at what was happening elsewhere and the offside thing is not quite as strict down south this season Jack it's not quite as um, the line's not quite as fine they talk about using fatter lines or whatever um, so there are things they're trying to to kind of smooth over and, and streamline the other line that stood out from the, the statement Hugh and, and Jack and interested to get your thoughts because I get the concern that said essentially we need to do it for our referees because they're going to get left behind because all of a sudden they'll be the only referees in Europe or on UEFA yeah. who who don't operate with VAR. I get that and I feel sorry for Bobby Madden or Willie Collum. But is the need of the referees what should drive this? Well, think back to the most recent controversy we've had. Uh, James McPake uh, at Dens Park last Saturday. Now, Jack, I'm sure, has seen the incident where John McLaughlin uh, brings down the Dundee player. James McPake has now accepted a one-match ban, incidentally, for uh, what he had to say about the referee after that. In that instance, I think if Bobby Madden had gone over and looked at it, I just wonder, would he have come to a different conclusion? Um, We'll never know, but that's where VAR can come in handy. Yeah, I mean, there have been a couple in the last few weeks off the top of my head, Jack, because you're right, it's not going to end debate, but that, that, I feel like that's 
our problem and as fans forget expecting it to end debate and it's n- if you're going in pursuit of perfection you won't find it no. so forget it but I, w- I was at Easter Road at the weekend the ball clearly was battered off Jamie McCart from about a yard away his hand was actually across his body the referee gave a penalty I imagine with a second look the penalty wouldn't have stood um, I might as well just get it in there about Sakala's goal being offside against Motherwell you uh-huh. know you would just look at that and then it would be ruled out so if you can get more right than you're getting at the moment, is that is that an admirable thing? Yeah, I would accept that. I think obviously VR was brought in for clear and obvious. And yeah, I think which is it, a horrible phrase, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think they went away from clear and obvious. As you say, the lines are getting thicker. And But if it is going to come into Scottish football as a clear and obvious, where it is maybe a, chick, a quick check of the screen or it is a quick process, then yeah. But I think um, mm. other referees... Even full-time here, yes? No, they're not. And that's what a lot of people are saying on the, the comments as well, saying, if you're going to spend money, why not make the refs full-time first? Yeah, and I think if we're saying we need to help these referees, then I, I, I completely agree. Mm. We've got millions of pounds on the line for European places and Champions League spots with referees who aren't full-time and they're, they're expected to do such a, a top, mm. high-intense job and they're part time so I think before the, the VR that might be worth looking at before well, that I'm already having this mental image last minute old firm game goal scored winning goal VAR check right oh I mean at that point VAR will be thrown out the country is and I I, I think you know this but I'm clearly just trying to play devil's advocate here if that VAR check leads to a goal correctly being ruled out or correctly standing, is that I, not is that not, is I that want not better? Be, I want to be on the Super Scoreboard programme <laughs> that comes the day after that VAR decision is taken. Even though, but this, this is my point though, right? Because at the moment, if it's the wrong decision, this phone line would blow up anyway. So it's different. The, the, in the context of an old firm game, if the winning goal is ruled out, Let's just say, for the sake of conversation, it's a goal for Rangers against Celtic. Mm-hmm. There will be no Rangers fan on this programme on the Monday night who will say, yes, yes, I agree, VAR was correct. Proved conclusively it shouldn't have been a goal. It just won't happen. Okay, and I think that's maybe a different argument though. Um, well, look, that's one we can get stuck into tomorrow. We'll have various voices on the show, so maybe we can uh, take a look. I mean, Chris says, if Scotland can't be involved with VAR if Scotland can be involved with VAR we have to do it or be left further behind I that, think that we, is a difficult one isn't it you don't want to be the only place that doesn't doesn't have yeah, it sure. or do you I don't know is that part of our charm um, clearly not because the SPFL are now intent on bringing it closer to mm. happening um, I think you know, when you look at the football last night we have been left behind in terms of playing football Interesting though If that referee that sent off Glenn Kamara's full time He needs to have a, a word with himself Because oh. it was a pretty soft decision Anyway right You've got loads of work to do On this teaser um, and, and really tough well, I'll just need to start giving you clues Right Think oh. Celtic strikers Who Early 2000s Who went on to have good careers down south And would have scored hat-tricks Martin O'Neill era uh, Yeah so, so, so just before Just before Martin O'Neill mm-hmm. Um uh, Martin Neil came in yeah. 99 did he? He's an Aussie this guy. Mark Viduka Mark Viduka um, 
former Rangers player Jack but you won't remember his Rangers spell I don't think but he did score a hat-trick for Southampton I think he's got he's got England caps I'm sure so we're probably going back to sort of early 2000s Oh, James Beattie. Yes, James Beattie. Right. What about in the, the kind of Robbie Keane, Jermaine Defoe had a great career mould? Former Arsenal player who played for Celtic. Uh, had a daft red stripe Freddie Junberg. And the last one, you can just forget about this because you two are hopeless <laughs> and you would not have got Henri Kamara in a month of Sundays. Correct? Absolutely correct Jack it was a pleasure to have you Hopefully we'll do it again sometime Yeah Pleasure to be here That was Jack Anik with us Hugh Keevans here as always We're back at 2 o'clock tomorrow So make sure you join us GBX up next Clyde One Super Score Take away the hassle 